If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back again to episode 101 of Vacation Rental Success. And it's an absolute delight, as ever, to be back here with you again. Now, this week, I had full intentions of doing a recap of the VRMA 2015 conference in New Orleans and giving you um, a little bit of a taster of some of the people I networked with in the vendor showcase, uh, some of the other managers, and a little bit of a taster of what it's like to be at one of these conferences. And and the other thing was I was also going to do this with Mike, um, We've been planning this for quite a while that we'd get together. We were going to do it for the 100th episode. But I've been really scuppered by the internet connectivity I've had on this uh, RV road trip. And it's one of those things we encounter every year in RV parks that uh, the access to Wi-Fi is in general pretty poor. And in this park that I'm currently in, it's it's quite interesting. It's It's state park. It's Gulf State Park in Alabama. Not, not absolutely right on the beach, but just a short walk away. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of my favourite RV parks. But it is massive. There's, there's over, I think, 500 uh, RV sites, and they're all pretty well spaced. So, you know, you do have a lot of room. So you can imagine the size of it. And in the winter, it is 100% full. And it's 100% full of snowbirds from uh, the northern states, from Canada, um, anywhere where there is winter weather that people want to escape from. And those people will head down here in an RV and set them up for... I mean, I've seen people coming in in today, just early November, and, and they're going to be setting up until late March, early April, and that's when they'll head home. And if you haven't been into an RV recently, or if you've never set foot in one of these monster RVs, they are fully equipped for full-time living. And I'm sitting in my uh, in my dining space at the moment. Uh, I have a full-size kitchen with a with a residential double side fridge. Uh, the living area we've got a. a I think it's a, around about a thirty, maybe a forty-inch TV. Uh, a fireplace for when it does get cool in in the uh, in the winter, and um, there's there's one large bedroom with yet another TV, loads of closet space, and a full bathroom with a double shower. I mean, what more could you actually ask for? It's 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 living in a tiny space, and a ton of people do it. So why am I talking about this? Well, because when people come away for extended periods of time. They want that internet connection. They want it to be as it is at home. And they will bring their devices. They've got mobile devices. They've got laptops. Um, sometimes, I mean, we, we have a full computer set up here for our sort of mobile office. We want to have that Wi-Fi connection. 
Now, I was uh, I was in the office at this RV site yesterday, and and I know that they used to have a good internet connection. When I first started coming down here, it was absolutely fine. Um, but for the last couple of years, uh, there has been no Wi-Fi at all, and nobody's really explained why. And then I saw a notice today up in the uh, main building, and just, just to explain that when they have 100% occupancy with over 500 units, each one of which has probably got at least one device, probably, you know, they're, they're mostly occupied by couples. And so those couples usually have a device each that they want to have connected to the internet. And uh, and this notice was was saying that try as they might, they just cannot give great uh, connection at that level of demand without doing a complete revamp of the Wi-Fi in the in the park, which is going to cost them upwards of four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's quite a long way round of saying I couldn't do uh, the podcast I wanted to last week and this week because of this issue with uh, connectivity. I could use Skype. I could use a hotspot on my on my mobile device on my iPad, but the cost of that is massive. It's it 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 doesn't take much to go through the minuscule amount of. Um, bandwidth that they uh, that they give you on these uh, these mobile plans. Uh, certainly, coming down from Canada, it may be different from other people. So there you are. Um, I suppose it leads me into something that we're going to be doing with our owners later this year, uh, or, or when we take on new owners, is to to talk to them about having unlimited internet access for their guests. Um, because this whole business of, of limiting to three or even five gigs is just not sufficient with the amount of demand that families have these days. But that is the topic of another podcast. So I am postponing my chat with Mike. I'm postponing my VRMA roundup till I get back home uh, in early November. Uh, well, it is early November until I get back home next week. And and then I'll be planning my episodes right throughout the winter. So you will be hearing of those at a future date, sometime before Christmas, I'm quite sure. So today I thought I would talk about Twitter because it's something I, I, I've been registered with Twitter since 2007, since it, it first just about first started up. And I've always been an enthusiast. I'm a Twitter enthusiast. I love the fact that I can get a message out in seconds, in just a few characters. I can see something that I like, a blog post, um, a picture, a video. I can just retweet it to all my followers in, in seconds. So it's, but it's just over the last couple of months that I've started to get more serious about it, mainly because I'm writing a much lengthier and in-depth course on Twitter for something that Mike and I have coming up in, in, in the new year. And we will be telling you about that very shortly. But because of writing this course, I have become more involved with Twitter on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's suddenly, it's come, well, suddenly, it's just come back to me how valuable this platform is, not 
only for connecting with um, with other vacation rental managers and owners uh, and other influences in in maybe the social media sphere, but also for connecting with the media. And since I have been back tweeting regularly, engaging with people regularly, being more consistent with my posts and being more prolific with my posts, I have got so many more new connections with the media, with the travel media, with bloggers, with a lot of people out there that are looking for great content to share with their audience. So I want to share with you just some of my insights today. Um, So I'm going to briefly go through why I think you should be on Twitter, what you need to do to get onto Twitter if you're not already there. And if you are there and but are not seeing the results, what you can do to start engaging more, getting more followers and actually making Twitter work for you. So I just want to kick off with a little bit of a reflection on how I see people or owners and managers currently using Twitter. And there are some out there that are doing it really, really well. But sadly, the majority are not. You are not using Twitter in the way that will make it work for you. A couple of the things I'm seeing that could be improved. Let's say, just just say could be improved. The number one thing is this constant self-promotion. It's posting your listings. It's, I've, I've seen one recently and it's, it's a, it's a vacation rental owner and they're using an automated uh, Twitter, Twitter client, which just you just feed in a lot of tweets and tell it what times you want it to go out, and then they just broadcast it. But it is constant self promotion. Um, that the tweets are slightly different, but they're just promoting the listing over and over and over again. Um, it's incredibly annoying for one thing. I, and I'm just seeing them. I, I have my Twitter stream set up so that any tweet that is online that mentions vacation rentals, I have a stream for that. And I'm going to talk to you about how you can set that up later on. But but in this stream comes this constant list of tweets from this vacation rental owner, just giving a link to the listing. And I have been to the listing and it's it's pretty poor the the website is is definitely not one i want to spend any time on and i clicked away immediately and i've actually unfollowed that person i i really don't want to have them in my timeline anymore but i see this a lot this um almost using twitter as an advertising platform but that's ex- that's exactly what it is not so before you start using Twitter or when you start to reevaluate why you're using it, have a think about what your purpose is. What are you, know your goals. And these shouldn't be to get a booking from a tweet. That's not how it works. Twitter's about engagement. 
It's about being seen as an influential person in your location. It's about connecting with people. It's it's about sharing information that will help your followers, the people who are following your Twitter account, to find anything they need to help them prepare their vacation. And in doing so, in doing that, you become an influencer and they will follow you, they will share your information and as a byproduct of that, you will begin to see some conversions. So here's, I'm just going to give you four benefits of Twitter as I see it. Number one is it's free uh, at the moment. But at the moment, and I'm, I'm sure that time time will come just in the same way as um, as Facebook have, have embraced paid ads, that Twitter, they, they already have paid advertising. But for the purposes I think we're going to be using it for, and I think we should be using it for, it is still free. Number two, it the benefit is for sharing content. You've got to have the content first of all. You need to have a foundation of content before you even think about getting active on uh, on Twitter. And, and that should be your own. But once you have that, you can use Twitter to share it in a couple of ways. Um, you can tweet out about your content. You can tweet blog posts. And blog posts are one of those things that people click on over and over again. They see a tweet with an enticing headline and a link to a blog post and they will click on it. So if you're writing blog posts, you need to be tweeting about them and because uh, that's how they get them shared. The third benefit is networking. It's networking with other owners. It's networking with, with other agencies if you're a property management company. It's it's networking with your peers and, you know, forget competition. We're all, we all have competition in our market. We all have other people that we're competing against. But set that aside and learn from your competition. Relate to them, get in touch with them, engage with them, network with them, and you will find that your competition is as valuable to you as you are to them. And then the fourth benefit is connecting with the travel media. And I, I've, I've told this story a few times. You may have heard this one before, but I've had numerous TV appearances, newspaper uh, interviews, radio interviews, because I am on Twitter. And just to give you one example, we've, we've all heard of rental scams. We've all seen them talked about in the media and the media love a good rental scam. They're really not going to be that much interested if you're going to, if, if you're looking at promoting happy, clappy, fluffy, nice things that happen with your vacation rental because the media just don't want that. They want the bad news stories. So you can spin it to your advantage. And the way the way I did it um, the last time was when there was a scam, um, we, we heard of a scam in our area. I, I was on Twitter and it was mentioned by one of the TV outlets um, that this scam had taken place. And I immediately tweeted back to them and, and just said, yes, we've, we've seen 
we have been the victims of a scam before. And that was when, in fact, one of our uh, property management agency listings was scraped and and put onto um, our version of uh, Craigslist, which is called Kijiji in Canada. And we had somebody call us one night to say that they'd arrived at, um, at, at this property and there was already somebody there and they, they had booked it and we looked at our records and there was no record of this family booking it, booking the property. What they'd had done was found it on Kijiji at a very much reduced rate. They'd wired payment, you know, in the old tried and trusted method of scams uh, and of course ended up with no vacation and, and no recourse. We were able to help them out to a certain degree, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, not uh, not not to allow them to recoup all their their expenses. But in any case, when Global News got hold of this, or, or when they when I tweeted to them that this had happened, they immediately tweeted back and said, "How can we contact you?" And that 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 moved into that was in the morning. By four o'clock that afternoon, we had a global TV news team. Uh, at the door and did an interview and we just talked about general issues around vacation rental scams and how people can avoid them and uh, spun it in the direction that we wanted to because we were we were actually telling people that the best way of, of, of renting a property was to do it through uh, an agency and not to do it on using one of the online sites such as um, Craigslist or Kijiji. So that that's just one example of of how 140 characters can turn into a widely distributed news piece in the matter of hours. So that's the fourth benefit connecting with travel media. And all the all the media are on Twitter. And you can see countless lists of, of media. They're, they're all out there. This is where they get their sources. This is where they get their news from. And they're more than happy to connect with you if you've got a story or if you've got a response to, um, to something that they're tweeting about. So let's go back to the beginning. If, if you are new to Twitter, if you haven't tried this before, um, don't expect things to happen overnight. It, it takes time, it takes consistency, it takes some some real skin in the game. It's not as though you can put one tweet out every couple of weeks and expect to get a following. You have to be in there every single day, but actually only for about 10 minutes. You need a strategy. Once you have that strategy and you employ it, it's amazing how quick it can be. I can get on Twitter and just in 10 or 15 minutes in the morning, I've made, uh, I've, I've sent out a dozen or more tweets. I've made several new connections. I have half a dozen new followers. I've followed a few more people and, and I'm connecting with them offline. So that's, that's, it's easy. So if you're new to Twitter, I really would suggest you start now, but I mean, I just said it's easy. It's it's easy if you are willing to make the effort and commit to it. 
If you're already on Twitter but aren't seeing the results, then you need to revisit everything, revisit your strategy, revisit your profile, and really get going on it. It's amazing how quickly you can catch up, actually. If, you, if you've been dormant for a while, uh, I was... Oh, back earlier this year, I was dormant for about two or three months. I, I didn't actually visit my Twitter account. Lost a lot of followers uh, because of it. But um, but I'm back on now. And, uh, and it took about a week to get back up to where I was before the drop-off happened. So three major things you need to do. First of all, revisit or, or create your profile. Nobody ever wants to see that egg, which is the profile, um, is, is the default you get before you put a photograph up there. Be yourself. Don't tweet as your property. Tweet as yourself. Be yourself. That's People want to connect with people and not necessarily a brand. So make sure you use the, I think, 160 characters you have for your profile. Make sure you use them wisely. I'll, I'll put a, a brief outline of what you need to put in a profile on the show notes so you can check it out. But a profile that just has the name of your property is insufficient. It does, pe- people look at your profile and want to know about you in the first few seconds of reading it. So, for example, Richard Branson is is himself. He engages as himself, not as virgin anything. Um, you know, when I started on Twitter way, way back in 2007, 2008, things were different. People tended to hide their identities behind their handles and real names were not as common. Um, it was at that time I chose at Cottage Guru. Quite honestly, if I didn't have a solid following now, I would change that to my own name. I'd just simply use my real name or a version of it if it was already taken. So in your bio, you want to use three to four words that describes you. Um, in Richard Branson's profile, he uses tie-loathing adventurer, philanthropist and troublemaker. That's really engaging. I mean, mine describes me as a VR agency owner, a podcast host, a consultant, and blogger. And after you've done that, you add a power statement or phrase that says what you do, such as um, mine says, I think I help vacation rental owners and agencies achieve success. You could, for example, you could say, we help families create magical Disney memories. Or, we love your pets. Just something that's going to engage your target followers. So once you have your profile, you want to start following people and getting followers. There's plenty of tutorials out there on how to do that. Um, But be targeted about it. You You don't want a gazillion followers who have absolutely no reason to actually be following you. You want to target the people that you want to get your information to. So target people such as the media, such as other owners, such as all the tourism providers in your area, because these are the companies and the organizations that are going to have, that are going to have great followers that you'd like to connect with. 
Twitter has um, limits on the amount of followers or amount of people you can follow um, before you start getting a good proportion of followers yourself. It will let you go up to 2,000. Um, after that, you there has to be there, there can only be ten percent difference between the people you follow, the number of people you follow, and the people who follow you. So you've got to get this this really good balance. So you need to get the people you follow following you back, and you do that by by tweeting. You do that by tweeting things that people are going to find interesting. And you also do that by retweeting what the um, people you're following have said. Because if you retweet something that somebody else has posted, they are going to be grateful to you for doing that because you're sharing their content. And of course, you're always grateful for somebody else who shares your content. So they will in general follow you back. So do you see why we don't self-promote all the time? Why we should not self-promote? What we're doing is promoting other people, promoting other influences, and that will get them to follow you. And certainly if you're if you have a local attraction or tourism prov- you know, provided to the tourism industry that has a massive following, then it just makes sense that you retweet the information that they're sharing or you post links to their content. If they've got great blog content, then you post links to that. So let's talk a little bit about um, your content foundation what you need to have in place before you really begin to tweet uh, significantly. So you need to have, you really do need to have a blog or you need to have a a good Facebook uh, page with a good following. So Facebook page where you're, you're delivering great content. It can be Google Plus. If you share a ton of content on a Google Plus page, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, If you have a YouTube channel, that can be your foundation of content. But just make sure you have sufficient content that you can share to your followers just to show them how influential you are and how knowledgeable you are about your location and, and what's going on in that location. So I wanted to give you 10, 10 quick steps here for being to being a Twitter powerhouse. And just want to thank Jeff Bullis for a, a couple of recent posts he's done on Twitter. If you've never followed Jeff Bullis, if you don't follow Jeff Bullis, I really suggest that you do. He, he is a fantastic content curator of anything to do with social media, but Twitter is one of his passions. Um, he, he, he recently wrote a post back in July called Two Keys to, be, Two Keys to Being Influential on Twitter. And those keys, the number one was having great quality content that the tweets link to, such as your blog and other social media channels and websites. And secondly... The second key to being influential on Twitter, the ability to make other people take action. So these 10 steps to being a Twitter powerhouse are really going to, uh, to help you do both of those things. So number one, just as I've mentioned, link to your own relevant blog posts. 
So create 30 or so blog posts and then you can you can do a link a day to your own blog posts and then redo them the following month. You know, you just link to one blog post a day because you're doing a lot of other tweets, doing other things. So 30 blog posts, you will get your content shared out extremely effectively by doing this. Number two, tweet great content your followers will find valuable. This is other people's content. Links to websites that will help people plan their vacation. So let's say uh, your tourism department have written a great post on the 10 best beaches in the area. So you would tweet out a link to that. Maybe there's a pet-friendly website that is has focused on um, generally taking pets on vacation. Link to that. Anything that um, that your vacationers might find interesting, something that's going to capture their attention. There's been some great posts recently by um, by chefs and and culinary culinary uh, people about how to cook at vacation rentals. That's such a great that's such great information to retweet. People will find that so useful and. Those people that are then looking at that post, are then if, if they are Twitter users, are likely to start following you and reading more of your tweets. So again, retweet others such as tourism providers, as we said, but also restaurateurs. They're often out there tweeting their, you know, tweeting new additions to their menus, showing fantastic images of food uh, at their establishments. So if you've got some great restaurants in your area, you need to be following them so you can retweet their posts. And and just do the same with, with, with attractions, with events that are coming up. Just keep this, you know, be a powerhouse of information, curation and distribution. So number four is engage with your followers. And this is just so important. So if you've got a follower who just posts something about, you know, they could post something about the weather. It's just like it is here at the moment. It's absolutely tipping down with rain. And I posted something earlier on today about um, being on the Gulf Coast and and the, the heavy rain we've had overnight. And somebody, one of my followers came back and engaged with me and just said, it's, you know, you're, you're lucky to be down there. It's already snowing up here in the north. Now that got us started into a little conversation and, and ended up with me noticing that I wasn't actually following this person, although they were following me. And I clicked the follow button. And now we are connected and we've had a conversation. We've, we have connected. I love it. It's all about engagement. Uh, number five, tweet regularly and consistently. You need, if you're going to do this, you need to be on Twitter every single day, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes. You can use uh, automatic uh, Twitter clients. They will post your tweets uh, at certain times, fairly, you know, at, at the dates and the times that you dictate. It's got to be used uh, sensibly and efficiently. 
so that you're not seen as a spammer. But, you know, it's about repeating your message over and over again. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is my point number six. That Twitter has a half-life of about 30 seconds, which means that your opportunity to get your tweets seen lasts about 30 seconds. Uh, unless you're on people's Twitter lists, which means that they may revisit what you've tweeted at a later date. You know, once you've once you've posted, 30 seconds later, it's gone off your followers' Twitter newsfeed. But you can actually repeat over and over again if you do it in a very strategic and structured manner. So where are we? So we're now at number seven, avoid self-promotion. I, I can't say this often enough. Stop posting your listings. Stop telling people how wonderful you are and instead engage with them and they will find you as a byproduct of all the wonderful stuff that you're sharing with them. There's no easier way than to get unfollowed than by continuous self-promotion. Um, number eight is use images. Images are, it, it's something that, that's come to Twitter uh, more so in the last year or so. More and more people are using images. It, tweets with images get seen by more people. They get more click-throughs. So it's also easier to, if, if you retweet a tweet with an image, you actually get more space to edit the original tweet. So if you're tweeting with an image, it's giving your followers the additional opportunity to comment on that photograph um, with, a, with a little bit more space than they would normally have. Number nine is placing a click to tweet or retweet button on your blog so that visitors find it easy to share your content straight off your blog onto their Twitter account. I'll put a link to click to tweet in the show notes so you can go check that out. Um, but uh, but definitely can consider that. And, and number 10 is just make sure people can find you. People can find your Twitter account. If you've got somebody that, that actually comes across your listing, comes across your blog, they might be interested in if finding out where they can engage with you on social media. So make sure you have the Twitter icon um, that links directly back to your Twitter account everywhere that you are, on your listing, on your website, on all, all your social media accounts, on your contact us page, everywhere you can put that, uh, that Twitter button, make sure you do. So those are my 10 steps to being a Twitter powerhouse. So let's just recap. If you're serious, if you're going to get serious about going onto Twitter and creating, um, making this an effective platform for you. You've got to know your goals, know who your target audience is, create an effective uh, profile, and to include a picture. Follow, follow influential people, follow targeted people, and they will follow you back because you're going to engage with them. And let's make sure you have good content. Okay, I am... Um, Signing this off now, 
It's pouring with rain outside. I just realised recently that I haven't been giving you much in the way of weather reports, but here's today's. It's chucking down with rain here in Gulf Shores, Alabama. There's flash floods in the area. We had tornado warnings last night. I I love me a bit of um, extreme weather. So uh, having said that, you know, I, I, I really feel for everybody in Austin, in Texas, all over Texas, uh, from from Dallas down to Houston, who've had such disastrous weather over the past month or so. So, you know, I may talk about it lightly, but I really appreciate that um, that we seem to be getting more and more severe weather recently that can impact us in so many different ways. So I'll be heading back up to Ontario later this week. I've already... Uh, connected with Matt Landau, we'll be um, we'll be taping taping. We'll we'll be rec- that really shows my age. We'll be recording a um, a mashup with Matt session next Monday, so that will be next Wednesday's uh, ne- next week's podcast, um, and that's where I'm going to talk to him about um, what he did in New Orleans uh, when I was at the VRMA conference, and uh, maybe touch on the amazing restaurant we went to for our inner circle meet where we actually got kicked out it's my first visit to new orleans and uh and we got asked to leave the restaurant it it was because it was shut it was they they were closing they they wanted us to leave uh not for any other reason i hasten to add um but we'll uh, yes we'll be talking a little bit about that and um and and also about the conversation that Matt's had recently with the director of vacation rentals at Airbnb because that was an exciting conversation it it really um highlighted where Airbnb are going with the whole home concept of vacation rentals which, of course, was not what they envisioned at the outset. So hopefully you will tune into that one too. And uh, until then, thank you so much again for being with me. And I'll look forward to being with you next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.